think that's important for a spouse to know that you allow them to go through these feelings and emotions and uncomfortableness. And it's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be times where they're going to want to not talk. Like you would not want to talk or you want to distance yourself from a situation or you don't want to go to a gathering because it's too difficult for you. And as a partner, you have to allow that and just let them go through these emotions themselves and let them be uncomfortable. Welcome back, welcome back to another episode of Till the Wheels Fall Off. I'm Matt. I'm Paige. We're going to do a quick Q&A here. Hopefully. Every so often we go to the community and ask people, what What questions do you you want to hear? What questions do you have? So uh, we had a really good question asked by an awesome wheelie. Yes. Uh, This person asked, how do you get through challenging seasons in life? Mm -hmm. Life events like death, loss of a job. Um, family dynamics, so difficulties within a family, units. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with these things? Right. I think it's a great question. A yes, lot it is. Of, a lot of people struggle with this, especially in early sobriety. Yes. And you have experience with some of these things. Yeah, I've dealt with, um, I'm trying to think of all, the, of all those. Uh, I haven't lost a job yet, anyway. No. Um, but I've dealt You've with lost death. Death, yeah. Um, tons and tons of drama. Um, I've had... All kinds of stuff come up. Yes. All kinds of stuff. Right. A lot of times spouses will hear things like, well, my my dad just passed away. That's why I'm drinking. That's mm-hmm. why I fell off. That's why I resulted, you know, or that's why I, uh, that's, that's why I, I went to alcohol. I can't find the word right now, but that's why I started drinking. That's why I'm using drugs because this thing triggered me and I can't get out because of it. Because life happened. Because life happened. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people get to that place. And it's not to say that the death of a loved one or death of a family member or whoever it might be isn't an incredibly painful thing. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. And it's not uncommon for people to um, find unhealthy coping mechanisms. Re- that's a great way to put it. I, I call it situational alcoholism. Where it's oh, like, okay. Where you, yeah. Where you, you'll go through periods of heavy drinking. Right. Like normal people even do this. Like people who yes. aren't alcoholics will go through a period of time where they're self-medicating. Yes. Right. But for alcoholics and addicts, real deal alcoholics and addicts, this is oftentimes a little more than a justification. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's oftentimes a little more than an excuse, if you will. Right. To keep these behaviors going. It becomes really easy and it's, you say it out loud because then people aren't going to question you because like, oh, well, he's dealing with something. Yeah. Difficult. And a lot of the partners will even justify it as well. The spouses yeah, will say, they oh, will. they're having a really hard time right now. And that's why they were drinking. Yeah. Listen, it's, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody here, but I've got enough experience in it. That's my fidget. What are you doing with my fidget? My <laughs> I have fidget to bag. use my fidget now. Uh, I've got a lot of experience here. And I've seen it through in other people's lives as well. This isn't just coming from my own experience to mm-hmm. know that a lot of times alcoholics and addicts will use these things as really convenient excuses to do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. So how do you deal with something like this massive life event? These, these pivots. How do life? you deal with the uncomfortable feelings that come along with these life challenges? Okay. So that's really what the question is when you think about it. So addiction is rooted in the natural human tendency to make life more pleasurable and less painful than it actually is. Okay. But it's a very severe version of what everyone feels all the time. Mm -hmm. No one likes to be incredibly sad. No one likes to be incredibly anything really. Mm -hmm. Unless it's happy. Humans like pleasure. We like pleasurable things. That's why 
drug addiction happens. Yeah. That's why sex addiction happens. Yep. That's why we like to be happy. We watch comedies. We like we like to get these emotions. And we find a way that creates that emotion, happiness, whatever it might be, through alcohol, drugs, you name it, and we stick there. Mm-hmm. In sobriety, you have to learn how to experience these things without any pacifiers, without any crutches, without any shields. You have to experience them in their raw form. Yes. It's really, really tough to do in the beginning. Uh huh. It feels It's going to feel very raw. Depending like on said. how long you've been using the substance. Some people have decades under their belt. They've been drinking since they were like 13, 14 years old and then they're 40s now. Yeah. And they haven't had a really long period of sobriety. I think of, of addiction as a, sort of a form of arrested development in some ways. Yes. Whenever you are under the, the influence of drugs and alcohol for long periods of time, especially especially during times of high stress or high anxiety or depression, you are actually doing yourself a major disservice because you're never allowing yourself the ability to process these things normally. So when people get sober at in their late thirties or forties or even their twenties, you don't have the tools. You don't have the, you don't, you don't have the ability to, to to process these things in a healthy way. Yeah. You just don't. It's like you just missed that part of life. Like I always described it. It was like there was a day at school where they gave all the, te- the the answers to the test. And I just missed that day. Yeah. And everyone around me had the answers. and They knew how to deal with this stuff. And I just didn't have them. Yeah. But how does someone in early recovery learn how to deal with these things? The mm-hmm. same way that we all do. Yep. You have to feel it. You have to, you get have through to it. go through it. You have to. It's going to be really painful. It's going to be incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. It's going to feel so counter to your nature mm-hmm. because you're used to reaching for something to make that feeling go away, mm-hmm. but you get through it. And each time you do, yeah. you learn, Oh my God, the world didn't end. Yeah. Holy crap. The sun came up. Uh-huh. Wow. Like, so the next time I'm okay. Like I can do this. Yes. Holy crap. I can do this. The first one for me that I remember was it was a, it was a work thing, a career thing. Um, I work in a, in a field where people don't give a damn what you did yesterday. All that matters is what you did today. So Mm -hmm. you could do 99 things perfect, but if you screw one thing up, it could be the end of the world or they make it feel that way anyway. Okay. It's logistics. I think a lot of people can probably say their jobs are like, that. you know, like what have you done for me lately? Kind of thing. That's how my, my job works on that. Like higher scale and the when the mistakes happen it's like people just have no tolerance for it mm-hmm. like, cannot believe how stupid are you i got dragged into a meeting and i was young man i was in my i was 26 or 27 and i was in a, i was in a, a leadership role and i got dragged into this room with guys that were much older than me much more experienced and i mean they ripped me apart okay they made me feel like i was two inches tall like cannot believe you're this dumb. How did you let this happen? This is unacceptable. This is failure. And like, I'm newly sober and I'm just trying to like do good, you know, yeah. I'm just trying to like do good for the first time in my life. And they ripped me apart and I felt like I wanted to cry and crawl into a hole and jump off a freaking building yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. But instead I went to a meeting, I went to a 12 step meeting because I didn't know where else to go. I mm-hmm. called, I called people that I knew that were in recovery. I'm like, this is what's going on. I remember that the guy that walked me through this told me, he's like, dude, this is where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. This is where the rubber meets the road in recovery. Like, remember how we talked about 
all the reasons that you did what you did, like why and the underlying issues and all that. He's like, this is the, this is your first chance to put all that stuff to the test. And if you're for real about this, I remember I sat in the meeting and it's the only meeting I've ever been to where I didn't leave feeling better. Mm-hmm. I went to the meeting and I was just sat there like, Oh my God, this is horrible. I'm going to get fired. Uh, we're going to lose this account. I'm going broke. How am I going to support my family? I'm just catastrophizing. You know, I'm just like, this is the end of the world. It's the end of the world. And um, if I heard anything in that meeting at all, it was don't drink no matter what. Mm-hmm. Don't drink no matter what. If you just don't drink and get through this, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Even if it's not what you wanted, even yeah. if you do lose your job, even if you lose everything, you're still going to be okay. Yeah. The sun will come up tomorrow. You will figure it out like everyone else in the world does. You don't get to run from problems anymore. You've lost your privilege to chemical peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And I agreed with that. And I sat there and I had to feel every bit of it. It was the most uncomfortable experience of my entire life. I got through it. I had to go through several more meetings where I got chewed up and spit out, but we didn't lose the account. The sun came up, still had the job, still had income. Mm -hmm. And I worried about all that stuff. And I was like, why did I put myself through that? Mm -hmm. I got to the point where I just started to understand that like life is just going to happen and things are going to come up and it's not... It's, they're not doing things to me. Like life doesn't happen to you. Right. Life happens for you. Right. Jim Carrey said that in this wonderful commencement speech. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, it's so powerful. So it I is. look at things like that now where I've had death. Like one of my best friends from childhood died of alcoholism. Yeah. I had to watch that happen sober. Mm-hmm. Tough that was. I've had people that I've worked with in sobriety commit suicide. I've lost close friends, really close friends. These things happen. Like I just came to understand that this is just part of life. Like yeah. these things will happen to everybody. Right. And I am no, I'm not special. I don't get to run from this. I have to feel it just like everyone else does. Yes. And I just had to feel it. In right. fact, though, it's almost, it's almost tough because some people like after a funeral, what you, you have a glass of wine, like you, you deal with that. I didn't get to do that, but mm-hmm. I had also, I was very comfortable with the fact that like, I've had all the wine in the world. I don't need any more. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. I, I right. need to feel this stuff. Right. I look at it as a challenge now. Like I look at, I look at the, the I look at it as a challenge that I, I, I look forward to conquering. Like what else can you throw at me? What else can I do? Yes. With? Because most people in the world in some way, shape or form run mm-hmm. and I don't run from anything. Yeah. I look everything straight in the face. And I'm like, bring it. Yeah. Whatever it is, bring it. I'm going to figure it out. And when I do, I know on the other side of that is a new lesson. It's a new a new tool I can put in my toolbox. It's something else I can use and teach my children. Like, mm-hmm. I look forward to it now. Yeah. And as a partner who is seeing you struggle, I allowed you to have these emotions. You did, yeah. I didn't try to fix it for you. I don't try. Yeah, I'll comfort you a little bit, but I'm not trying to make the emotions go away. Yeah, you're very comforting. Because like, you it's... Would, like how? Like you, just like if I'm... If I'm bawling my eyes out, like you'll come up behind me and just give me a huge hug and just be like, I'm sorry you feel this way. I'm here for you. Yeah. That's all you say though. Right. You don't try to fix it. You don't try no. to make it go right. You don't try to convince me it's it's not it's not happening or it's all good. Like right. just let me feel it. Right. And I think that's important for a spouse to know that you allow them to go through these feelings and emotions and uncomfortableness. And it's gonna be uncomfortable. There's gonna be times where they're gonna want to not talk, like you would not want to talk or you wanna distance yourself from a situation or you don't want want to go to a gathering because it's too difficult for you. And as a partner, you have to allow that and just let them go through these emotions themselves and let them be uncomfortable. Absolutely. It's like if, 
if you have kids, you know what this feels like. Mm-hmm. You have to let your little kids like go to school for the first time by themselves. If they choose to drink or take drugs to cope, though, do not justify it based on what's going on in their life. No, I've, it's not okay. No, I've I've been through everything sober. There's nothing that can make me drink. I have watched people who have lost children. Yeah, I've I've seen. One person whose child committed suicide, another one who lost a child to a car accident. I've seen someone else lose a child to drowning. Like these are things I cannot imagine. Yeah, I. I mm. And these people did it sober, and I think about them, and I'm like, it can be done, right? It can be done. Yeah, I can do it too. I know. I'm not above it. I know. For me personally, when things are really stressful in my life, I don't like to drink. I don't like to take things. No, I don't because I know back in the day I used to do that and I hated the way it made me feel. But now I'm like, I need to feel these emotions from the beginning to the end. And I need to process it that way. It's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to have these emotions. These are normal emotions. If we look at it as non, like in a non-judgmental way and just say, Hey, I'm feeling this way. It's okay to feel this way. You get through it easier. If you're trying to take the pain away, if you're trying to make these emotions go away and make the discomfort go away, it's going to be harder. Yeah. It's better to just look at them and say, I feel you. I know that this sucks. This is hard. And do what you have to do to kind of cope with them. You can't get rid of the emotions. You learn to cope with them. You know what makes the orchestra so beautiful? What? The fact that there's so many different instruments playing different tones, different notes in unison. Mm-hmm. And the sound together makes it beautiful. Yeah. We have more than one emotion. Sadness counts. Anger counts. Fear counts. These things matter. Altogether, life is beautiful. Mm-hmm. If you are trying to just play one sound, happiness, it loses its luster. Yeah. And you have to chase it more and more to make it more exciting. This is what alcohol and drugs were like for me. It was like I was playing this one sound, trying to get the sound of an entire orchestra. Mm-hmm. True fulfillment and beauty in life comes from experiencing it all. Oh. And that includes the tough stuff. Yes. And there's like, we've talked about death and things like that. And those are sort of more final, like losing a job, like you have to get a new job. You lose somebody in life, like you grieve and then you move on. Mm -hmm. But there are some other things that just ongoing. So like there's drama that you will encounter in people with with people in your life. Yes. Yes. You'll come across situations that take years to resolve. Right. You can get through those things too. Mm -hmm. They're not excuses to drink. Mm -hmm. Listen, you're going to get stressed. You're not above stress. Life's tough. Get a helmet. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. That's why you need a support system. That's why you need tools. That's why you need to understand. That's why you need to have self care. Yeah. A, a lot of addicts and alcoholics come out of treatment and they're like, they're not going to do anything different. They're just like, the only way I can stay sober, really, okay, the only way you're going to stay sober if you come out of treatment and just do nothing mm-hmm. is if you put yourself in a bubble and don't allow anything bad to ever happen. Right. But that's not realistic. Ex- exposure therapy is is putting yourself in situations almost on purpose mm-hmm. so that you learn tools. Yes. Exposure therapy. That's what I did. That's what addicts, alcoholics have to do. You have to expose yourself to these things to learn how to deal with them so that you can handle it better next time. Yep. And each time you do, you get to put a little skin on the wall. It's like, I got like this trophies, like the imaginary trophies on my wall where it's like, I dealt with death. I've dealt with loss of customers. I've dealt with, um, drama i've lost friends i've I've done it all i've made the mistakes i've had 
you know, guilt and I've screwed up and all that stuff's on the wall. And every single time there's a lesson underneath it that I've learned. And that's my trophy is the lesson at the end of it. Yes. When you're high or drunk, you never learn anything. You go through these things, but it doesn't matter if you never resolved it. Yeah. It doesn't, but they're not excuses to drink, but there will be things that go on like ongoing. And through that, you're going to learn plenty of stuff too. Never at any point did I ever feel like I had to drink because of it Mm -hmm. ever. My mind doesn't go there because I know it doesn't, it's not going to fix anything. It's not going to fix anything. Like that trick stopped working so long ago. It's not even funny. I was just doing it because it was compulsive. I was like, ah, it's what I always did. Maybe I'll just get drunk. But all you do when you, when you drink or use drugs, you put that stuff on a credit card and it collects interest. And one day you have to pay it. And that's what trauma is. Yeah. (laughs) You know, these unresolved debts that we've never paid because we've never addressed. Right. And so you you learn how to deal with them. Um, But you've got to have the tools. You've got to have the support. You've got to have direction. Like you're not just going to figure this stuff out magically. Mm -hmm. Everyone else has been figuring it out over the course of life through experience. You can be 40 years old. I don't care what you say. You have no experience if you've been drinking. Yeah. You can be 60. You have no life experience. You have nothing to share because you've been drunk the entire time. Right. You've never learned how to deal with anything. Right. And that that comes to a point like with your children, they're, you're teaching them how to cope in unhealthy, in unhealthy ways. Yeah. Consider that. Like if you've got kids around, like they're watching you. Yeah. Yeah. And, like and we're what, very open with our kids about life experiences yeah. and all of their emotions. It's For like, sure. I, I'm, I said, sometimes I'll say, Oh, you know, I wish I could take this away from you, but I also know it's important for you to have this emotion and know that it's okay to feel the way that you feel and that we have to just learn how to cope with life. Yeah. I'm just going to like real talk here for a second. Okay. Um, if you don't have kids with do somebody here. yet and you're thinking about having kids and you're not sure you want to start a family with someone who's an alcoholic. Consider that for a moment yeah. that if you're bringing kids into this environment, as a parent, you want to be able to impart wisdom on your children. Mm-hmm. You want to show them like your job is to prepare them for life one day. Your job is to show them what love is. Your job is to help to them nurture cope. them and help them grow. Mm-hmm. If you're an alcoholic or an addict, you can't give away what you haven't got. You don't have wisdom. You don't have healthy skills to give away. Yes. If you don't have them to give away, then what you are giving away is trash. You're giving them bad info. You're giving them toxic skills. Right. That's what you're teaching them. Yeah. Let's consider that for just a moment. Yeah. Just real talk for a second. Yes. Yes. Just had to put that out there. Yeah. But it's, yeah. It's, it's hard it's to tough. break but, that cycle. But you you will learn how to deal with even like ongoing drama in life. You'll learn how to deal with this stuff. You will learn more and more every single day that you choose not to put something in your body. It's never an excuse to drink and there's nothing in the world that can make me drink. Nothing can make me drink. If I ever drink, it's because I decided to drink. Mm -hmm. I've been through it all at this point. Yeah, you've been through it. And I've seen others do it too. And I've never seen anyone say, there is one thing that will make you drink. No, I've seen it all. Nothing. People have gone through wars. Like you said on your deathbed, you might. No. (laughs) If I said if an asteroid was coming toward the earth, I might. Yeah, screw it, whatever. (laughs) No, uh, no. But life challenges. No, man, those are really good opportunities to get through what you've learned and use the tools that you've learned. It's a really good opportunity. Look at it as a challenge. Look at it as a challenge and you get to learn a lesson from it and mm-hmm. remember what that lesson was and then apply mm-hmm. it the next time and you'll learn even more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how you get through challenging seasons. And like, I think in marriage too, there are challenging seasons in marriage. There are ups and downs in marriage. Like whenever you've got little kids, mm-hmm. 
that's not a fun season in marriage. No. That's not a fun season, really. I mean, our, some, our some people might have a great time in the first five rough. years of their lives, that but ours, rough. it was not. <laughs> that was rough, man. It was, like, yeah. It's, it's hard to be close. You can't even talk on the phone to each other because there's a kid. As soon as you get on the phone, you know what the kid does? Oh my God, that used to like, they, you they, used they, to get so upset about that. It's hard to like connect. It's You're hard like, to talk. I can't talk to you because there's a kid screaming in the background. I need you to listen to me. Like, were you kidding well, me right I, now? Like, really, sir? Okay. <laughs> Here's what was tough about us having kids is that we were together for a decade before we had kids. Yeah, so we were used to just having each it was other. Just me and you, man. Yeah, yeah. And I always wanted kids, and I love we my both kids. Wanted we both love. Like now, it's oh my gosh, incredible. Right now, yeah. it's amazing. But the first five years, definitely ex- extremely difficult, and it's a blur. Yeah, so you'll have times in your marriage that are tested through just tough seasons in life. But mm-hmm. life is about experiencing. It's, it's, it's the orchestra. It's like, hearing all the sounds. And think about whenever I was going through my anxiety and depression and not being present and being with, not being present with you or the yeah. kids or anything, you didn't, you know, choose to pick anything up. And I'm sure that was extremely challenging for I you. Did, I didn't choose to use drugs or alcohol. I didn't choose to leave no. the relationship. I didn't choose to seek comfort with someone else. Not no, you just, like, this is, this you is, put this up is, your boundaries yeah, and put up my boundaries and like, this is what I will, will not. Tolerate. tolerate. Um, so this is a rough season in life, but it's not enough to make me drink. Right. Not enough to make me use drugs. No, I've even been through, I'm a chronic pain sufferer. I've been through this forever. Oh yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. We rarely ever talk about that. You want to talk this about is that a, yeah, this is a good episode to talk about. Okay. That. So I, I have always been an injured kid. My, my addiction started with an injury with I broke my ankle. I've had three, I had three surgeries to fix my leg, mm-hmm. um, screws, rods, the whole bit. And then I broke my back when I was, 17 or 18. 17 or 18 years old. Yeah. Uh, and then I've I developed degenerative disc disease. So mm-hmm. I've got like five herniated discs now and they're bad. Like they've got huge herniations. Um, I'm a candidate for a fusion, but I've refused surgery because I just feel like I'm too young for it. Yes. So I've chosen, active. I've chosen to live with the pain mm-hmm. and they're like, well, if you can manage the pain, then like, it's not going to hurt you really. But at some point you will lose feeling in your legs Yeah. and we'll have to cut you up and you'll fix have to have it surgery and everything else. And right. I deal with chronic pain every single day of my life. Yes. Every day I wake up, I am in pain mm-hmm. and I've learned how to manage that. Yes. Um, I always felt like pain was something that we weren't supposed to have. And I think in the Western medicine, we were taught that. Yep. That pain is, you should, we should try trying, trying to eliminate, eliminate that. Let's Get, eliminate let, Let's pain. make sure you're comfortable all the, all time. the time. Right. And I think. I don't agree with you that. You can even look at like, even some like European cultures, like German, Germany believes that pain is part of the healing process. It, it is. is a necessary part of the healing process. I agree process. with that. I agree with that now too. I think I just like, you're not supposed to be happy all the time. You're not yes. supposed to feel comfortable all the time. No, you're not. This is the reality of my life mm-hmm. and I'm okay with it. Like there are days where that are tough. Don't get me wrong. There are days where I'll have to lay in bed all day long and yes. that's not fun, but I'm okay. I'm okay. It's, I don't have to take drugs because of it. No, I don't have to take opiates because of it. Right. Um, I, sometimes I treat it with Advil, you know, ice, um, yeah. heat, Right. But I don't take drugs because of it. No. Uh, I Yeah, I, I deal with this every single day. I, to some degree, I hurt every single day. Mm-hmm. My legs will go numb. My feet go numb. Uh, numb's actually better than the opposite. Numb is like, okay, I welcome numbness. It's the right. it's the crazy pain that sucks. Right. But I, I deal with it. I still lift weights. I exercise. Uh, I do all the things they said I can't do. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. One day I'll have to have surgery. Mm-hmm. And I'm by no means a martyr. Like. Yeah. But I know that I can get through crazy intense pain yes. without drugs. Mm-hmm. So I fully intend on trying it, 
without narcotics. Mm-hmm. If I get to a point where I'm just like, I'm screaming in agony, like, okay, yeah, give me some, give me something. This is ridiculous. Like I'm not, I'm not a martyr, Yeah. but my intention won't be to get high. It'll be because like, cause I'm, you and, need, and it'll have to be the point where it's excruciating for me to consider it. Right. Um, I'll be accountable with everybody in my recovery, uh, my recovery circle. I'll be recover- accountable with you. And yeah, I mean, we'll cross that bridge if we get there, but I'm not thinking about it today, but I deal with chronic pain. Same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing. Like, yes. Yeah, it's a challenge. There's nothing that that's ever made me like, okay, yeah, I gotta, I gotta use drugs or alcohol now. Right. Nope. We could lose it all. The house could, you know, we could lose the house. We could lose every material possession we own. We still got each other. We're okay. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I can panhandle. I can play guitar. I can sit on the side <laughs> of the road, you know, we'll be okay, man. We'll be okay. Like, like we'll just, there's nothing that can make you do it. Right. Like, and no. And like, I want spouses to know that you can't make them drink. Like, and if you leaving means you fearing the worst for them, mm-hmm. it's not your, your responsibility. responsibility. It's not. It's my responsibility. Yes. If you leave tomorrow, if if you found some, some guy on, um, I don't know, the internet, you're like, I, I'm in love with him and I have to leave you. I'm like, you suck. Um, I'm probably going to send you a glitter bomb. I was going to say Pretty that. Pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> I, I hate your guts and... Goodbye. But I wouldn't drink or use drugs over it. Right. No way in hell. You ain't taking that from me. Mm -mm. No, you can't afford the rent in my head, man. (laughs) I love it. So, yeah. So that's a, I hope that that was a synopsis for something maybe you can share. Just gives you perspective that I know these things seem scary Mm -hmm. uh, as you're watching someone go through this stuff, but just know that I've seen people go through so much. That's why I think it's like, say what you want about 12 step communities, the cult, whatever the, what, what there is something beneficial about being around other people that are trying to get sober yeah and you could do that in other places too like mm-hmm. there are tons of communities online there are other groups that are different there's life ring um you've got uh, smart recovery you've got tons of online communities recently read this amazing book called it's not about the wine mm-hmm. um celeste yvonne wrote it and yeah. she started a group called um, sober mom squad she's got a podcast as well it's amazing but she recovered on her own, like without the use of a program. Yeah. But she says if she had to do it again, she would have reached out for some kind of community support because it's much easier. Pain shared is pain lessened. Yeah. Don't do this on your own. Right. So it doesn't have to necessarily be a 12 step group or a church yeah. or what. Find something, dang it. Like yeah. get around other people who get it. Like yeah. you're going to need it. It helps. It helps. You could, you could do it on your own, but it's painful. Right. And the author Celeste talks about that. It's yeah. Amazing. So awesome. I hope that's helpful. I hope this sheds some light on it. I hope so too. I think okay. that's good. Right. Awesome. Well, thank y'all for being here. And we hope to do more of these as well. If you have questions, drop in the community, tag us, ask the question, say, I'd love to see this as a Q&A episode one day. Mm-hmm. Or shoot us an email at info at twofocouple.com. Yep. That's T-W-F-O couple.com. Info at twofocouple.com. Ask away. And we'll answer it on an episode one day. Yes. So thanks for being here. I'm Matt. I'm Paige. And we'll see you. Bye.